I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, I'm delivering on my promise to review Creed 2. Plus, I'm Jeff Braun. One of the best movies of the year comes home on Blu-ray this week. First, it's the news from The Couch. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so, we are all connected in the great... In case you need a reminder, that's from The Lion King, the original film back in 1994, now a beloved classic from Disney. Late last week, The Lion King once again set the world on fire with a first teaser trailer for the upcoming live-action version. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. But a king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. love that music so much. I suppose also it's not live action because pretty much everything is CG but still it looks real. That teaser trailer broke a record for Disney with 224.6 million views in the first 24 hours. The most for Disney in a day. The only trailer to have more views in a day was Marvel's Avengers Infinity War with 238 mil. And yeah, Marvel is owned by Disney but going by studio, Marvel Studios wins that round. Still impressive, though, for The Lion King, which opens July 19th, 2019. Remember. Is this what freedom looks like? What will happen when I get out? There probably is no out. Gilead is within you. If season two of The Handmaid's Tale was too hard for you to watch and it was a grim, dark season of television, this may be for you. The Handmaid's Tale is, of course, based on the famed book by Canadian author Margaret Atwood. Season one of the show took up the whole book and season two was new fiction from the TV people. But now Atwood says she's going to write her own sequel to the book. The Handmaid's Tale is set in a dystopian future after a second American civil war where the U.S. has fallen and become a totalitarian society known as Gilead. Women who are still fertile become handmaids forced to have sex to hopefully bear children. You will love the Lord thy God with all your heart or you will feel the pain of his judgment for that is his love. In the U.S., it airs on Hulu. In Canada, it's on Bravo. Season 1 was pretty amazing, wowing fans and critics and winning a lot of awards. Season 2, however, was harder to get into. Misery porn only works for so long before people just start tuning out. It was still good TV, but couldn't recapture the shock and awe of Season 1. 
Atwood sequel will be called The Testament and will be set 15 years after the end of the first book. Season two of the show began immediately following the end of the first season, so the show and the coming novel will be greatly separated by time, which should help tamp down the comparisons. The Testaments will be published in September 2019. My name is June Osborne. I am free. That's from the very first Rocky movie, which won Best Picture in 1976. Five sequels later, and now two spin-off sequels with Creed and Creed II, Sylvester Stallone appears ready to say goodbye to the Italian Stallion. He posted a speech to his Instagram where he's wearing the Rocky fedora hat, standing beside a fire in a drum, like this fire in a drum at night, with a small gathering of people. Here's what the post reads. I just want to thank everyone around the whole wide world for taking the Rocky family into their hearts for over 40 years. It's been my ultimate privilege to have been able to create and play this meaningful character. Though it breaks my heart, sadly, all things must pass and end. I love you kind and generous people, and the most wonderful thing of all is that Rocky will never die because he lives on in you. Here's what he had to say in the video. Well, this is probably my last rodeo because what I thought happened, and has happened, I never expected. I thought Rocky was over in 2006, and I was very happy with that. And then all of a sudden, this young man presented himself, and... The whole story changed. It went on to a new generation, new problems, new adventures. And I couldn't be happier because as I step back, as my story has been told, there's a whole new world that's going to be opening up for the audience, for this generation. And thank you very much, Stephen. And definitely you, Michael, for making that possible. Now you... Have to carry the mantle. I got you. Bro. There it is. He's talking about Michael B. Jordan, the man who plays Adonis Creed in the Creed movies. I'll believe it when I see it, i.e., Rocky, no more. But the door is certainly open for a third Creed movie with or without Rocky. Coming up later in the show, as mentioned, I will have that review of Creed 2. Now you know what you're fighting for. Learn more about yourself. And when I stepped in that ring, it wasn't all about me. It may not seem like it now, but this is more than just a fight. Netflix released a full trailer this week for what will undoubtedly be the best thing of all time, Springsteen on Broadway. This is what I've presented to you all these years as my long and noisy prayer, as my magic trick. And like all good magic tricks, it begins with a setup. The boss, Bruce Springsteen, has spent the last 14 months doing a one-man show on Broadway, and on December 15th, it's coming to Netflix. When I 
was a young man and looking for a voice to tell my stories while I chose my father's voice. My father was my hero and my greatest foe. The show is just Bruce, an acoustic guitar, and a piano. He tells stories and plays songs. His lengthy run at the Walter Kerr Theater has let 975 people see him each night, but soon millions of us who weren't lucky enough to get to go to New York will get to watch. I'm super biased on this, as Bruce is my favorite singer of all time, so the 15th can't get here soon enough for Springsteen on Broadway. This is your life. I wanted to be able to celebrate and honor its beauty. I wanted to be able to be a critical voice when I thought that that's what the times called for. I wanted to know my story, your story. Where were we going together as a people? Those tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. More than anything else, I wanted to be able to tell that story well to you. Everybody has a love-hate relationship with their hometown. If you take me, I'm Mr. Born to Run. I currently live 10 minutes from my hometown. Mr. Bird? Hello. Trevor Evans, FBI. FBI? What's yeah. going on? We believe your husband's partner was murdered. What? Let's all stop playing this game, shall we? Lying, the running. Both tired. We made a choice to move our family to a more peaceful place. Ozark is one of the more popular Netflix shows, but are you willing to spend more money to watch it? Another price hike on the way for Netflix Canada subscribers as competition heats up among the big streaming video services. The company behind Ozark, Narcos, Orange is the New Black, among now countless others, is jacking its prices. Netflix standard plan will cost $3 more or $13.99 a month. That's the plan where you get to watch two uh, content on two screens at a time. There's the basic plan, which does not offer high-definition video and only allows one stream. What? No uh, HD? It goes to 10 bucks a month. That's what I wrote. Does anyone even have that plan? What's the point without the HD? That's ridiculous. There's also a premium plan, which is getting jacked to $17 a month. That gets you four simultaneous streams and ultra high definition 4K video. Who is that plan? Who needs 4K on their Netflix? Netflix says the higher prices are effective immediately for new subscribers. For the rest of us, we'll be notified by email before our bills rise in the coming weeks. So that's it? We go back in that house, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning, we kiss the kids? That's exactly what we do. That is the news from the couch. And seriously, who... Uh, no <laughs> HD? Yeah. But still Netflix. I guess I should... I shouldn't assume that everyone cares whether it's HD or not. Like, there are some people who don't care. Like, my sister, for example, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go to my parents. My sister will be there. She'll have a channel on that will be in standard definition. And, I'll, wow. and, and then I'll reach over for the remote during a break, and I'll just hit the info, and then it says watch in HD, and then I just flip <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Um, and, uh, and there are even people here at work. Like, we've got TVs in our newsroom here, and they put it on the standard definition channel, even though it's in HD. So I think... Not everybody cares, and I guess if you still have an old tube TV, maybe you don't care, but... I guess. It's it's weird, though. And for $4 a month? Yeah. It's like, just do it. And, uh, I mean, okay, I guess there must be a few of those old TVs, tube TVs around, but are there, are there really... 
Yeah. Like I was one. Of, I thought I was one of the last people to have one, and that was eight years ago that I got rid of mine. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't really know. think that one through. I don't. And, think a lot and of if you have one of those, do you, are you having? Do you have, have any Netflix whatsoever? Because probably not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anybody who would be on Netflix is clearly tech savvy enough or yeah. into streaming and internet that they would want the latest tech. The 4K thing, I think, is kind of neat. Because I don't know how much... There isn't a ton of 4K content out there. So if you no. have... Like, I want to get a 4K television, but yeah, there, yeah. there isn't a whole Once everything switched over to it, and once... Uh, and it's going to come sooner or later, once Netflix has, like, live sports on it, then maybe. Oh, God, yeah. If they get ever get into the live sports game, that's going to change... Yep. Even more everything than that they've already changed. As Jeff referenced, one of the biggest movies, one of the best movies, comes home. We're going to tell you which one next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Ethan, where are you? I'm jumping out a window! You had a terrible choice to make. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is now the CIA's mission. You don't understand what you're involved in. When did you get the car? CIA has been infiltrated. I don't trust anybody outside of this room. What the hell is he doing? Find the best not to look. Mission Impossible Fallout. What was it? Oh, I was going to say what was that, but uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, <laughs> starring Tom Cruise, one of the best Mission Impossible movies. That's there's it's like almost a three way tie for first between the last three Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and now Fallout. Um, it was by far the most fun movie we've seen this year. It was uh, just a terrific actioner. There's uh, the helicopter thing. There's a lot of running and chasing, a uh, car chasing, and motorcycle chasing through narrow Europe. Streets. I love that sort of stuff. It's sort of like, I guess, Born Identity was sort of like that, too, a lot of times. Eh? Yeah, for sure. I need to see it again because I fell asleep. Oh, that's right. And I fell asleep, like, in the middle of an action scene. But, uh, well, I think I fell asleep during one of the quieter scenes, and then the, the nap carried over to an action scene. And like, the, the, the scene boom, where he breaks his... Yeah, no, I kept, I, I was kind of drifting. I'd open yeah. my eyes. I'd struggle to, like, no, no, don't fall back. <laughs> and I would just fall back asleep, so I have yeah. to see it again. But what I did see of it, I quite enjoyed. But I just, I happened to fall asleep in the reveal of the bad guy. That's what, we, yeah, that's too bad. That's what we were done to fall asleep. So, yeah, I woke up very confused <laughs> and very angry because I was so looking forward to it. I finally went to see it. I saw it late in its run, like in yeah. its last week. <laughs> So I really blew that one. What else is coming uh, out? Uh, Westworld Season 2, one of the big TV series of this year. Did you watch Westworld? Are you on board with I that? I did, yep. What did you think of the Season 2 of Westworld? I didn't like it as much as the first one. Yeah. I thought it got a little too complicated and... I don't know. Yeah, by the end of the season, I had a headache, and it's just beyond like actually caring what happens to anybody in that show. But yeah. it's still sort of interesting, and it looks gorgeous. It's oh, yeah. probably the best looking show on TV. Uh, there's also The Nun. You did see that one? Yes, the scary movie, the spinoff from The Conjuring or The Conjuring Universe, as they're calling it. And uh, I was, I enjoyed it as a good kind of silly jump scare movie. But mm-hmm. I think they they blew a legitimate opportunity to make a a genuinely scary scary movie because the nun in the conjuring 2 that nun demon is 
Oh my God. It is true nightmare fuel. One of the scariest things I've ever seen on screen. And I think that they just, they hammed it up with the nun and hmm. probably because they didn't have enough story. They're like, well, how do we turn this into a full movie? Well, we don't have enough for a good story. So let's just throw in lots of stupid, pointless things, but they're that are at least kind of scary. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. And the happy time murders. That's a rated R comedy starring Melissa McCarthy and a bunch of Muppets. And it's all oh, yeah. like dirty jokes and stuff like that. It's sort of like when I saw that i still i'm in shock from when i saw the trailer months ago i was like how is this actually a movie and got terrible reviews and didn't do any business and won't do any business on home video next tuesday hey let's just quickly mention here and we might revisit this a bit later on in the show but the national border review is they're sort of the it's like they're the starting gun for mm-hmm. oscar season they're always the first ones out of the gate to reveal the best movies of the year and they have named the feel good road trip drama green book oh. the best film of the year and its star vigo mortensen best actor and just now usually what they do is they do the the best movie and then they uh they they have like the top films yeah, of the yeah. year so in just in alphabetical order the ballad of buster scruggs right on black Panther. Panther. Yep. Can you ever forgive me? Never even heard of it. We might yet. Probably hasn't been released yet. Eighth grade. You've seen it. Yeah, right? that was a good one. First Reformed. That's the Ethan Hawke movie where he plays a priest that we slept on. We should have gone to that one. If Beale Street Could Talk. That's from Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight. That is yet to come. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Yep. A Quiet Place. Yep. Roma. That's uh, Alfonso Coruan, the guy that directed Gravity. It comes out on Netflix in a couple of weeks. Thank God you pay attention to the artsy-fartsy <laughs> movies, because I have no idea. And then finally, A Star is Born. Hey, there so you go. Those are your top ten. So I've actually seen that one, and I saw A Quiet Place and, uh, and they Black think- Panther. I've seen three of the top ten. Oh, my gosh. That's a... This far out from award season, that's amazing. I know. Usually I see one. And they think Vigo's going to win Best Actor. I would... I, I got to say, it's it's going to be Bradley Cooper. Up next, we are going to talk about Creed 2. I've got a review. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Brown, we are The Couch Potatoes. Are you a fan of the Rocky movies? I have seen the first four, I think. I've seen the first one a couple times. The other ones maybe once or twice when I was a little kid. Okay. So I don't really remember them. I did see Creed, and I really enjoyed that. Okay. Well, you're probably going to like, then, Creed 2. Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago, who infamously killed Apollo Creed, appeared today to issue a challenge to Adonis Creed. Don't do this. I ain't got a choice. That's the same thing your father said, and he died right here in my hands. That kid was raised in hate. It's dangerous. He broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. It ain't worth it. If he dies, he dies. So Creed 2 opened last week, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. It opened with $56 million over five days. Impressive. Not as highly ranked as Creed was on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just actually going to pull that up right now in terms of... Because that first movie was very well received. Yeah. Well, it also had the benefit of nobody knew what to really expect going into it. Yeah. So like when it, you, no expectations, it's easier to exceed them than when you've got high expectations. 95% for that first Creed. And we, we've said it before, we'll say it again. We both were very dismissive 
of Creed when we first saw the trailer. <laughs> exactly. Lo and behold, it turned out to be an awesome movie. Probably easily one of the best films in the entire series, counting the six Rocky movies and now the two spinoffs. So what really excited me about this movie is that it was a sequel for Creed, which I really liked. Creed, Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed, the son of Apollo Creed. It, that was a compelling movie, it, and it it was... It brought that same kind of storyline to the Rocky canon about this unlikely underdog who rises to the top of the boxing ranks. And it was it could have been a complete rehash, but it wasn't. It was just fresh. It was inventive. And it found a way to reinvigorate the Rocky character. Sylvester Stallone gave one of the best performances of his life, narrowly. He did not get the Oscar for that supporting actor. still bugs me a little bit. I think he got ripped off there. Uh, he did win the Golden Globe, I believe. Yep. But uh, that was an excellent movie, so I was excited to see it for that. But also because not only is it a sequel to Creed, it's almost sort of like a direct sequel to Rocky Four, which in spite of the fact, and I freely admit, Rocky Four is a terrible film. <laughs> now, like the last, is having... You know that I'm an adult yeah, and can watch it and go, oh my God, that is really bad. Like, one third of that movie is montage. Really? There's a. Just, over the, <clears throat> just went nuts on the montage. I was going to say over the top on the montage, but then oh, we get confused about over the top. <laughs> that's right. Over the top was another one of his sort of bad movies, the arm wrestling movie. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just. Rocky IV, there was the montage where he's driving in the car. And I think the song is No Easy Way Out. There's no easy way out. Was that from his brother? Uh, Is that a Frank Stallone original? The song? Yeah. I know his brother does music. Bad rock 80s music. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. But yeah, there was one montage to that. And then there was a training montage, which was... And then there was a three-minute... Like a three-minute scene with Rocky and Adrian, and then another training montage, and I'm pretty sure I'm actually missing a montage, but like over a third of the movie is montage. It's terrible, but I saw it when I was a kid. I saw it in theater with my family, and I was so excited by it. It was one of the coolest things ever, because I think it was one of the first movies I'd ever really been to, so it was really exciting. So... That's a an emotional attachment, and despite the fact that it's a bad movie, I still love it. And if I if it's on TV, it's one of those movies I just I have to watch it. Yep. Ivan Drago is this big bad Russian Soviet monster. So when it was when I learned that it was going to be the son of Drago taking on Creed, I, I first was skeptical. I thought, oh man, this this feels kind of like. Just cheap sequel bait. But I was excited, especially when I saw the guy they, they got to play Victor Drago, because as imposing as Dolph Lundgren was as Ivan Drago, I kind of feel like this this Romanian boxer Florian Muntianu is more imposing because he's just he's he's got this like really crazy killer instinct look on him like oh, really? like like I will eat you for breakfast sort <laughs> of look. And uh and Funny thing is, he's a big man. He's this monster of a man, but they he had to lose weight. So even as big as he is in the movie, that was smaller than what he usually is because he had to lose weight to try to get it so that it was even half believable that Michael oh, B. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. who is, he in his own right, his physique has never looked better, right. but there's no way he could take on Florian Montianu in real life. So anyway, I was excited to see that it was a follow-up with the Dragos, and without... I don't, I don't want to talk about it directly, but the way that they handled the Drago side of the story, 
was really impressive. I was really surprised, and I, I will say that I was touched by it. It was the, There was some depth there. Dolph Lundgren, with very little dialogue, delivered one of the best performances of his career. I was really impressed, and it, it sort of redefines that character for me so i was happy to see with what they did there just it was overall a solid follow-up to creed i liked it it was a little slow and the fight scenes were not bad the last one ended just kind of weird like i didn't like the musical cues yeah so the the music actually sort of ruined it for me but uh very much an homage as well to the entire series and it kind of in some cases good, some cases bad, and in the bad case, like it felt sort of like a Rocky Four remix because in Rocky Four, he goes out to the middle of nowhere in Russia in the winter to train to get ready to take on Drago. Well, in this one, Rocky drags Creed out to the middle of nowhere in the desert in the heat. So instead of one extreme weather, the cold and the winter and the snow, he's out in the middle of the desert in the heat, getting pounded by the sun. But it led to a training montage. Nice. And what would a Rocky movie be without <laughs> a training montage? So, yeah, the uh, of all the Rocky movies, Creed is one of my favorite ones. And Creed 2, it ranks right up there. It was a solid sequel. And unlike the bulk of the Rocky sequels, which just became more commercial and silly as they went yeah, along, yeah, yeah. this one still has a lot of heart. So I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it four couch cushions out of five. Nice. I like when guys like Sly and Dolph Lundgren here get like a second chance at this sort of thing because especially with Dolph Lundgren, it really become like the butt of a bunch of jokes, right? Yeah. You, you mentioned his, you use his name as a punchline for stuff and that he can actually, and a lot of these guys, even when you know, when you're older and you look back at Rocky Four and like, wow, that's some bad acting there or whatever. It's usually not the actor's fault. It's usually bad writing or whatever. So when these guys get like a chance to do some decent acting, they can almost always step up to the challenge. Yeah. Steven Seagal can't, but Sylvester Stallone certainly can. We've seen a few, a handful of times where he's a really good actor. Yeah. Just for whatever reason, spent most of his career chasing the money and just being, if you're in a bad movie, you look like a bad actor. Yeah. I mean, he's a real artiste. Yeah. Underneath all that machismo. And with Dolph Lundgren, you you know, I did some reading about him. I feel bad for the guy because because of that movie, which gave him, it was a huge break for him. Like, no one knew who he was he's in rocky four now he's immortalized as ivan drago which is a blessing and a curse right. because he was typecast, typecast yeah. he was always just the big bad sort of muscle head so even like the guy's a genius he, he's like an mit mathematician right well he actually he he sort of skipped out on that or he quit mm. because he, he had a scholarship to go to mit but he just he, he ended up just being a bodyguard and liked the new york lifestyle he was the boyfriend of grace jones whom she yeah. she actually got him on his first movie his first movie was a view to kill where he had a small sort of walk-on oh, yeah. role and then that led to him getting on to rocky four but yeah so drago has kind of followed him along has sort of dogged him his whole career and he was super reluctant to revisit that character yeah. but when he saw the script he thought oh my god like this is a way to 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 almost create some redemption yeah, for this character and for him so yeah again good for stallone for he he like you know he takes care of his friends right that's the, the other thing I like is that that's like the difference between 80s Hollywood and today like Michael B Jordan doesn't have to worry about ever being typecast as Creed no matter how popular these movies are you know what I mean yeah because he's and it seems like that with all these guys nowadays you can do any movie you can be immortalized as that character but people 
are we're not stupid. It was like, oh, it's a movie. We could watch this guy be somebody else. And a guy like John Hamm, yeah, he does that. Like uh, Mad Men was very dramatic, and he was very serious in it. Yeah. And then he can do these silly comedies, and it's it's just as good. It's like people aren't saying, well, he's can only be Don Draper now. Well, here's another perfect example of us, and this is a story that I just uh, found before we got in here about Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. could have been typecast as the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Well, he's getting ready to launch his first ever world tour next year. He's going to perform in arenas, typically reserved for big rock stars, uh, because he's such a multi-talented entertainer. He's announced the show is called The Man, The Music, The Show. So he's going to sing songs. It's a song and dance man at heart. Yeah. He's going to sing songs from The Greatest Showman, Les Miserables, and other Broadway musicals, among other selections. And he's going to be accompanied by a live orchestra. So would you have ever thought no, Wolverine would No, because his other, his other job is being like the biggest badass in the history of superheroes. But he's also, as you pointed out, a talented song and dance man. So there's a perfect example of a guy who was able to avoid yeah. typecasting. But as far as Creed Two goes, yeah, I like it. Uh, and just, if I were to rank the Rocky movies, just sort of snap reaction. Yep. There's eight of them. Go. Okay. I'm going off emotion, right? I'm, okay. I'm, so Rocky four. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rocky one, two, two, one, three, uh, Balboa, uh, that which was the sixth one. Right. And then, uh, I, oh, you know what? I didn't, I should have thought about this. I can't give a snap because I don't know where I would put Creed in there. And, and, I'm, and I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling. Third. My emotions and my <laughs> my heart and brain are locking horns because they're saying you, you can't put Rocky Four at number one. You don't have to rank them. It's like the Lord of the Rings saga. It's all one big story. <laughs> Let's go with that. I like I like what you're doing there. Eight way tie for first. <laughs> Seven way tie for first, and then Rocky Five. Good. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I actually read somebody to describe it. I think it was Roper, maybe who's. Oh, I, you know what? I don't. I don't want to give credit, but they said. Uh, and then there was the giant pothole that was Rocky V <laughs> before it recovered in 2006 with Rocky Balboa, which had no business being as good as it was. And you know what? I own that movie on DVD and I have never watched it. Really? I bought it used at a video store yeah, yeah. and I never watched it. So I think I should go home and do that. Up next, Jeff Braun tried something on Netflix. He tried, but he's given up. We'll tell you why. Next, you're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. And people have been bugging me for months, if maybe a couple years already, or I guess eight years, about Ozark. Yeah. You gotta watch Ozark, Jeff. You gotta watch Ozark on Netflix. You watch Ozark. You watch Ozark? I watched the first season. I think I watched two episodes of the second season. Uh, I haven't gone back to it, but not because I don't want to. It just I, I... Lost in the shuffle. Yeah, lost in the shuffle, and I ended up watching all the Marvel shows. Yeah, so uh, a couple of months ago, I thought I had like some space in my schedule. And I was like, all right, I'll watch Ozark. Everyone's been raving about it. Season two had just dropped a couple of weeks before, so I did give it a shot. I watched the first episode, and I really liked it. And I watched the second episode, and uh, I liked it. And I watched the third and the fourth episode, and each one... Felt like more of a chore. Neither one of them did I watch all through in one shot. I had to stop after half an hour and then like watch the rest of it four days later kind of thing. And then I think I got through four, maybe five episodes, and I'm just done with that show. It just it it wasn't moving fast enough for me or something. I was just wasn't terribly interested. Doesn't seem like anybody in that show is worth rooting for. They all seem like they're bad guys. Yeah. So I don't. I, I just I'm just out on it. I don't know. And I'm not. A, 
I, we're getting better at it because you and I both used to be so tightly wound that if we even watched the opening credits to anything, we would like, we're, I'm with this series for life, no matter what. <laughs> and now we're, it's easier to jump out of a series. And so, yeah, I, I think I'm done with Ozark. Ozark on Netflix. This is that show uh, with Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman plays an accountant who launders money on the side for a Mexican cartel and he gets himself into trouble. So he moves his family to the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. And uh, so he could launder more money for the the cartel to try to dig himself out of the, his hole, and all sorts of, uh, I guess, shenanigans. Yeah, ensue. it's not a comedy. No. Jason Bateman is excellent. That might be part of it, though. Maybe I, I might not. Maybe I'm just not interested in Bateman unless he's being funny. Yeah, I, I liked him in the dramatic role. Laura Linney too is good. She's I know it's very good. I, I hear what you're saying, and I remember that first season. I think the middle of it. It was kind of slow. Probably what it is. It's probably that Netflix thing where they always... It's it's weird for Netflix shows where it seems like every season's got... It's the middle is the problem. There's like three episodes too much. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how many yeah. how many episodes, whether it's 13. Ozark, I think, is only 10. Right. Right? Actually, I'm not sure. Because, stra- yeah, because you said Stranger Things... Well, season one bogged down in the middle. Yep. And that was only six episodes or eight episodes? Yeah, the first season, I think, was only six. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to pull that up right now. I've got uh, my, my my mobile device in my hand. So what am I looking up first? Ozark. Uh, okay, so here we go. Season two is... Season two was ten episodes, and season one is also ten. There you go. And, uh, yeah, Stranger Things. Uh, I, th- or I think that might have been eight. Um, Stranger Things. Sorry, hang on a second here. Uh, that was yeah. The first season was eight. So uh, the but then the Defenders, Marvel's the Defenders. I think yeah. it was too short. Oh really? I think it was a little too short. That's good though. Like I'd much rather have a finish a TV series and go. Well, that was wasn't long enough as opposed to saying that was too long. Yeah, but I did like Ozark. But I as I as I finished it, I thought that was good. But it could have been better. Hmm. I think there was a lot of fat that they added to that, probably to pad out its 10-episode order. And I feel like it sort of drags into the second season as well in those first two episodes. But I do intend to get get back back to it. Although, after finishing Jessica Jones, season two, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, their second seasons, I realized I still have one more Netflix Marvel show to watch, which is The Punisher. Oh, which was a character that was introduced in season two of Daredevil, was never intended to be its own show. No, but he was good in that Daredevil, yeah. Yeah, John Bernthal, uh, you might know him as Shane from The Walking Dead, but he is such a good actor, and he brought such intensity to the role that Netflix said, you know what, we got got to get this guy his own show. So I watched, part, oh. just watched one episode. One episode. And oh my God, it was good, and it was it was violent. <laughs> and I know, like the Punisher as a character is violent. As right. far as Marvel comics yeah, go, yeah. the Punisher is bad news for violence. But wow, it was violent. I was not expecting it, so I think it was pleasantly surprised that they really went for it. <laughs> and he brings that intensity. So I, I definitely want to watch the rest of that series. I've heard it's one of the best of all of the Marvel series on Netflix. So I will check that out and yeah. report back. That's all time we've got i'm brett he's jeff we are the couch potatoes and remember if it requires getting up off the couch don't bother